This is Amy Bauman, and you are listening to Speaking Truth with Love. For more information about myself or for His Glory Ministry, you can head to amybauman.com. Now here is today's show. Good morning and welcome to the chair. My name is Amy Bauman. I'm with For His Glory Ministry, and this is our weekly teaching. We come together each week figure out what chair we're sitting in, look at God's word, apply it to our lives, hopefully becoming more encouraged and more like Jesus. But if you have been following along week after week, I'm so glad that you're here again today. And if this is your first time joining us, I'm so glad that you found us online. I pray that today will be a blessing. So my question for you today has, have you ever been in an emergency room? I have been a few times for myself and other people. They're not fun necessarily. There's lots of things going on, lots of moving parts, lots of things that, I mean, the reason that you're there is you're needing help and you're wanting someone to come in and help you. So that's what we're going to talk about today, kind of looking at our lives as ER living And how are we triaging? Are we inviting God in to work and move? Or are we trying to do all of those roles ourselves? So lots to share. But before we get started, let's open with prayer. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for yet another important topic that we're going to be talking about today. And looking at our lives and making sure that we are aligned with your word and that we are inviting you into each and every situation that we encounter. And I just pray for each person watching, each person listening, Lord, that they will feel your presence in a real way. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you open up our hearts and our ears for what it is that you have for us today. That you will give me a fresh anointing that I will speak your truth with love. We love you and praise you and thank you and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, emergency room living. We usually go to these emergency rooms. Not, uh, we're not there typically for ourselves. Maybe we're taking somebody else there and we're needing help. We're, we're relying on another person to come in and assess our situation and help us with the next step. And just like an emergency room with lots of things going on and lots of things needing our attention, this is life. This is what we do each and every day. So I want to talk about that today, what it looks like to have wisdom and discernment and to triage our problems. So what does that really mean, triage? So to understand the inner workings of an emergency room and what triage really means, I looked up an article from back in 2018 describing the emergency department at St. Paul's Hospital. And this is what I found. So Carolyn Townsend had been working behind the triage desk for a number of years. So she knows how crucial the triage process is in ensuring that a busy emergency room department runs smoothly. So what happens when a patient shows up at the ED? Townsend shed some light on the important first steps. The term triage comes from the French word 
to sort. In the hospital ED setting, it's the process by which patients are assessed and prioritized based on the type and the urgency of their conditions. So she says, basically we determine, are they sick or are they not sick? And how quickly do they need to be seen? So when they come in, they're, they're checking them out. Are they sick? Are they not sick? What's the degree of their sickness? Do they need to be seen right now? That initial assessment ensures that critically ill and injured people receive medical attention before those that are non-urgent. Now I know when we go, we all feel that we're urgent and we're you know, wishing it was in coming um, first come, first serve, but that's not how it is. And that it supports the best use of the hospital space and the resources. At St. Paul's, when a patient first walks into the ED, they check in with the registration clerk and they are then triaged in order of arrival. A quick visual assessment from across the room will indicate to the triage nurse if someone needs to be bumped to the front of the line or rushed to a trauma room for immediate treatment. So if you're bleeding, if you're having a heart attack, if you're having a baby, you know, they, they look at you and assess you that way. The triage nurse listens to the patient's story, checks their vital signs and orders necessary, necessary tests such as blood work, ECGs or x-rays. The nurse then assigns the patient an acuity score based on this, its triage scale. One is the most urgent and five is non-urgent. So it goes from level one, whether they need resuscitation, level two, that it's emergent, level three, that it's urgent, level four, less urgent, and level five, non-urgent, as I have here on the screen. She said, you use your clinical judgment and you also use things that are objective, like vital signs, Townsend says, noting that triaging is carried out by specifically trained and experienced emergency nurses that are familiar with all areas of the department. So based on that evaluation, the triage nurse decides if the patient needs immediate medical attention based on those six things or if, it is, if it's safe for them to wait. Patients directed then to the waiting area, if they're not gonna get that immediate attention, will be monitored and periodically reassessed by a nurse, often one from the rapid assessment zone. So this is what she says. It can be very overwhelming. <laughs> I laugh at this because yes, if you were to look at an emergency room situation, especially in the big cities, especially where there's lots of people, multiple things happening, a big population, emergency rooms are chaotic. And she said sometimes she is alone for her entire shift. It's a lot of stimuli for one person to deal with. Incoming patients are awaiting assessment ambulances are coming and going, the phones are ringing, and patients and family members are continually approaching her to ask how much longer they have to wait. It can be very overwhelming. Overwhelming. This is life. This is 
our lives, right? We have many things coming to us all at once that need attention, that need a decision, that need a course of action. So I thought that it might be helpful to use this same course of discernment from an ER room for our lives. What in our life today needs to be categorized in this level one resuscitation, level two emergent, level three urgent, level four less urgent, and level five non-urgent? And the most critical question that I have is, are you inviting God in to help you figure this out? I remember when I was a young mom and you had a huge schedule, you know, of when the kids had to get to school, when they had to come home, whether or not their sports schedule was with them, if they forgot their homework, did they get a lunch? I mean, there's a lot of stress and chaotic moments just with being a parent and trying to get through the day on top of laundry, groceries, maybe you work uh, from home, maybe you drive and have to work out of the home, Uh, maybe you have a sitter that helps with those in-betweens, on top of being married, maybe you're a single parent. I mean, there are so many variables and we haven't even scratched the surface on life jumping in on top of uh, this schedule. So we need to ask ourselves, how are we navigating day-to-day life with all of the variables that come in, just like that busy emergency room? How are we triaging? How are we determining what needs our immediate attention? What can wait? And do we have our peace in the waiting? Do we have God's wisdom and discernment in making those decisions? So I I want us to be looking at that today. We need to be asking God for wisdom in our day-to-day lives so we know what to do. And so here are five steps to help you walk that out in in your daily life. Five steps to make sure that you're doing these each day, allowing God to come in and work and move and triage your life. Number one, first step, invite God in. He doesn't want you living in an emergency room atmosphere all the time. Chaos and people coming and going and needing attention and operating 90 miles an hour like this woman shared that she did. Oftentimes she felt very alone and that was her entire shift was triaging other people. He wants to help you address each situation that comes your way and he wants to give you his peace. John 14, 27. Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And then Corinthians 14, 33, for God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. 
as in the congregations of the Lord's people. So the very first thing that we need to do when our feet hit the floor in the morning is invite God into our day. Ask God for strength. Ask him to give you that wisdom and discernment. Ask him to be with you throughout the course of the day so that you can have his peace. Number two, trust in his wisdom. James 1.5 says this, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. As each situation comes in, don't panic. Do the other P word. Pray. Ask for wisdom. Ask that God give you the wisdom for that moment. And and the hard thing is, is that in our flesh, we start to panic and we do one of two things. We fight or flight. And neither one of those things are good because we're fighting and we're angry and we got our toes to the line and we're just, you know, reaching out there and swinging at whatever comes our way or we're fleeing, right? We're running in the opposite direction under the covers in bed, don't want to get up and we feel stalled out like we can't move, like we're frozen, like it's just too overwhelming. So praying for wisdom will help us determine the level of emergency with whatever we're facing and then address it accordingly. And that is so important to ask for his wisdom and to trust in it. Number three, allow him to fill you with his grace. Speaking of flesh, we cannot let that be what propels us forward, our flesh. Receiving God's grace will help us in the moment. Pausing to pray, asking God to come in, to put words in your mouth, to give you peace, to give you wisdom, so that we're operating what is aligned with God's word. Not the first thing that comes out of our mouth in the flesh because we're angry or we're scared or we're overwhelmed or filled with anxiousness because that is stuff that gets said that we can't ever get back. We need to be mindful of that, that we're not speaking in the flesh, that we're speaking out God's truth. And receiving God's grace will help us in that moment. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Sometimes those ER experiences don't bring out the best in us. I've been there. But they can When God is in control and God is leading the way, not our flesh, not our fear, not our anger, but God. Number four, wait on the Lord. There are times when that issue that we're experiencing that we come across that gets put in our laps is not going to get resolved today. And I don't know about you, but I like to move those things off my plate. 
I like to check them off my list. If they're a problem, I want to get them resolved so that I can move on to other things. But sometimes that's not how it works. And when we take responsibility for moving that issue too early, we're not allowing God to do what he needs to do in that situation to work and move. So we must wait on the Lord and believe that it's going to come together in his timing. My life verse is Psalm 4610, be still and know that I am God. And I've had to remember that so many times in my life because I'm a doer. I want to get out there and do it. I want to be doing something, right? And so many times God has to remind me of this verse and say, I need you to be still. I need you to know who I am and that I'm the one that has to work and move, not you. And so maybe that's you today. Maybe you need to be waiting on the Lord for him to work and move as only he can. And then number five, praise him in the waiting. Make sure that you are speaking life-giving, life-affirming words over yourself, your family, your situation while you're waiting. Starting with the words, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for my healing. Thank you, Lord, for their healing. Thank you, Lord, that you are restoring my marriage. Thank you, Lord, that you are protecting my children at school. Thank you, Lord, that you are providing for my family. Do you see how important our words are? By saying, thank you, Lord, we are trusting him. We are trusting him and allowing him to work and move in his timing. We are believing that his word is his will, right? God promises us all of those things in his word. The enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. And that's where we see this battle, right, of the enemy trying to steal our health steal our finances, steal our peace, steal our joy. And we need to stand up and fight and put on that full armor of God and say, no, not today, Satan. No, I'm standing and believing and confident that what the Lord wants to give me, I'm going to receive. And so by thanking and praising God, even when we don't feel like it, even when when we look at that emergency room and saying, my word, it's so chaotic and there's so much going on and I I can't see the end of my day and look at all this crazy. We can be saying, thank you, Lord, that you are working and moving. Thank you, Lord, that you are giving me wisdom. Thank you, Lord, that you are giving me grace. Thank you, Lord. I am trusting and believing that you are going to take care of this. And in doing that, right, We are being obedient. We are being obedient to God's word because he says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, every emergency room scenario, that's not what the verse says, but that's what I have here. By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, 
will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. We are going to have emergency room situations. We are going to have things come up in our life where we have got to triage. What is the most important thing right now? What needs resuscitation? What is not urgent? What can I put over here for a little while? We have to remember that no matter what we're going through today, what emergency situation that we are facing, remember to pray. Remember to do the things that I suggested. Invite God in. Trust in his wisdom. Allow him to fill you with his grace. Wait on the Lord and praise him in the waiting. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, I don't know about everyone watching and listening today, but yes, some days it feels like it's an ER situation and I am needing to triage all the things that are coming in on my plate and into my space and into my family and I've got to discern what needs to be done first and and then what next and how am I going to get it all done and how's it all going to go and we all feel that way Lord and so I'm so thankful that your word tells us that you will be there for us in all situations that you meet us right where we are that you love us, that you have plans and purpose for us. And Lord, we just need to receive. You're always working, always there, always wanting to be with us and help us. We just need to let you. We just need to invite you to come in and work and move as only you can. And so today, this was such a great reminder that that we need to invite you in. And so I just pray for each person listening each person watching, no matter what they are going through today, no matter what emergency situation they're facing, that they will trust and believe in you, that they will ask you to come in and work and move. They will let you, Lord, and they will be praising you and thanking you while you work. We just love you so much and thank you for all the ways that you're working and moving in our lives, even when we can't see it. Thank you. We love you and praise you and all God's people said, amen. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here today and for joining us. And until next time, until we can be together again, be blessed. Thanks so much for joining me today. Stay tuned for more Tuesday teachings, Sunday sermons, and encouraging messages along the way. And until next time, be blessed.